This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Hey everybody, welcome back to Silver and Black today in Odyssey with the podcast. We appreciate you guys being with us. If you're listening to us on the audio, you're doing so on Tuesday morning. Good morning to you or afternoon, whenever you listen to us. For our live YouTube audience, thanks for being with us too. Appreciate it if you guys would subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Just go look for Silver and Black today and hit the subscribe button. Put on the auto download and you'll be ready to go. So uh, thanks for doing that. Myself today only, Mo is on his dark retreat, if you guys remember from our last show. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't blow out his Achilles when he comes back like Aaron Rodgers did after his. So we'll see how that all goes, but Mo will be back for the show later in the week. Just wanted to climb on and give you a show for your Tuesday or Monday, depending when you're listening to us. But I uh, wanted to talk about the, the, the subject of, at hand, of course, which is Antonio Pierce. Coming off this big win last week on Thursday, it seems like it was forever ago now, doesn't it? With the whole NFL weekend, and of course you guys know I work at SportsNot where I cover the entire NFL, so we had a busy Sunday and Saturday, so it was it was a long weekend, but great, but no Raider football, which means that uh, they have like a mini buy, right? They don't play now until Christmas, which is on uh, Christmas Day, which is on Monday. So they get an extended period of time off, which is good, especially dealing with some of those injuries, especially when the Raiders, now they their playoff chances are very slim. If you've seen the scenarios, I'm not going to go through them all. It's like a Rubik's Cube on steroids. Uh, you, you have to figure out all these things. They need a lot of help. Didn't help yesterday with some of the AFC wins, including the Bengals and others. So they're in a tough bind, and so we're not going to go into the playoff scenarios, but the Raiders have other things to play for, right? Don't they? I mean, they have not only pride and all that, all the other things that you would expect from a professional athlete, but also from the fact that Antonio Pierce is trying to win the job. So now they go into Kansas City on Christmas Day. And as you guys know, Kansas City has not been a good spot for them. And they're a 10-point underdog as I speak to you today. Not surprising, although the Chiefs, again... Even if you look at what happened with the Chiefs in New England on Sunday, this is not the Chiefs team you're used to. So, can the Raiders beat them? I'm sure they could. The record, though, it's hard, hard, especially if you're odds makers. You can understand why they're 10-point underdogs, right? Even though they're up. Raider1961 on YouTube. Hey, man, what's going on? Same with MDM. Saying hello to everybody. Egalitarian2017. Thanks for being on with us on the live chat. But anyway, listen. It's a tough place to play. The Raiders have aren't going to get any sort of um, leeway in going to Kansas City, right? But the Chiefs are struggling. You saw it again yesterday, Kadarius Toney with the drop balls again. And you see Patrick Mahomes. And I know you guys hate the Chiefs, but I will tell you, Patrick Mahomes, still a good quarterback, not having a great year. 
for a lot of different reasons. But he's increasingly frustrated. Now, that said, what I like about that is the fact that the Raiders' defense continues to get better. The Raiders' defense continues to play better. Now, against the Chargers, you know, a lot of people wanted to take away something from the Raiders uh, that they beat the Chargers who had quit, the Chargers without Justin Herbert. That's true, but you still have to execute. And the Raiders' defense early on just shook Easton Stick, right? So they, they didn't have a chance. And I think what we need to see out of the Raiders on Christmas Day is a similar performance. Now, I know Patrick Mahomes is no Easton Stick. Don't get me wrong on that one. But I will tell you this. They have to go in and punch those guys in the mouth quickly. They have to set the pace. So it's going to be difficult to do that, but uh, not impossible. So you have to look at that point of view and say, look, okay, Christmas Day, cold in Kansas City, all that jazz. But I do think that the Raiders, to play their best, look, the defense is doing what they have to do. Travis Kelsey doesn't look himself again. Some unusual things. I don't know what it is. Some people want to blame Taylor Swift. I'm not going that far. But clearly the, the Chiefs, I look at the Chiefs and I say to myself, can they make it through the playoffs? Like they 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 had trouble early on and even, even a bit later in the game putting New England away. New England had chance. If New England had any semblance of a consistent offense, it might, it might have been a closer game. It was close for a while, as you guys know. So we'll see. So I think the Raiders' fast start, both offense and defense, will be key. But here's the question for the day, because the passion out there amongst Raider Nation for Coach Pierce and for what he's doing uh, is, is, is pretty remarkable. And I, and I appreciate it. Is if, if you guys watched our postgame show with me and Murph, then you know how he kind of felt about it. And, and I get that. Um, but I, I look at it from the perspective of an, uh, an objective point of view, right? So, so not as the fan point of view. And with that said, I mean, look, he bounced back. There's no question. They were not prepared to play the Minnesota game, I thought, and I thought a lot of that was on him because he's the head coach. But in between those two games, between that game and the Charger game, he did a couple things. One, they seemed better prepared from a game perspective, planning perspective, but also from a mentality perspective. They just seemed to be there more. I don't know. It just, it was. Second, he moves, whether it was his choice, I'm assuming it was his choice, moves Bo Hardegree upstairs. And I know it's only a one-game sample, so I'm not going to get carried away here. But it made all the difference in the world to have Bo Hardegree up there. Because look how he called the offense. He was a lot more aggressive. He seemed to have better flow in the game. He got let his quarterback and his offense get into a rhythm that they sustained. And really, they only had to play the first half. I mean, the game was over after the first half. But they did that in the second half, and then they got a little more conservative, which you expect with a lead that large. So, so I like that. So I give Antonio Pierce all the credit in the world. But what, what I'm seeing is anytime I bring up any sort of downsides to perhaps Pierce being the permanent coach after the season ends and he has to go through the interview process because he has to do that, is is the fact that people are like, oh, you hate on him. You don't like him. And I talked about this on, on Thursday night too. But that's not it at all. Because you see not just the upside, but also some of the challenges that he would face as a head coach of the NFL due to his lack of experience, that's not hating on a guy. It's just bringing up the yin and the yang. It's bringing up the positive. We all have positives. I have positives and negatives too. We all have strengths. And then we have challenges, things we have to get better at. 
So the question um, I have for all of you then today is um, if you look at it from an Antonio Pierce, obviously the things you like about him, right? Which is, okay, he's a Raider through and through, all that stuff that, that you guys always talk about. He has rallied the troops from the locker room perspective, no question. And now they're three and three, right? So he's gotten to a 500 record, which is better than Josh McDaniels had them. So that piece of it, though, is, okay, he's at three and three. If the Raiders lose the next three and they go and they go three and six under him, do you think he deserves a job? Is that good enough? doesn't matter what, what he was handed. It's about the opportunity he had and what did he do with it. That's how I look at it. So, so that's question number one. Question number two is, if he beats the Chiefs, is that enough? I'm seeing people say, hey, if he goes to Kansas City, wins that game, that's two in a row, beats the Chargers, beats the Chiefs. But then if he loses the other two, <laughs> um, he finishes below 500 still. So is beating the Chiefs enough? I mean, in college football, sometimes beating your rival, even if you're having a bad season, will save a coach's job. In this case, does it get him the job? I'm seeing a lot of people say yes. And that's real interesting to me because I don't know that that's enough. Like, I get what people are saying when they say, okay, give him the job. If he gets the job full time, get him a good offensive coordinator, somebody who's really good, and get him more tools, more people, and he can learn as he goes. And that's fine, but I think that's one path. One path is I'm willing to, because I like Antonio Pierce so much and he stepped in at a tough time, I'm going to give him leeway and patience. And if leeway and patience means it takes him two more years to figure it out, are you on board with that? Are you on board with the Raiders maybe up and down, up and down? And I know what you're going to say. Hey, it's been 25 years of that. I get it. But again, inherent with somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience is going to be missteps. And that's fine. Like if you're down with that and you accept that and Mark Davis says, hey, that's what I'm going to do. Cool. I mean, his team, he can do what he wants, right? But that's very different from going from where they're at to, hey, I want to get as quickly as possible to a championship team. As far out of reach as that may seem to you, some of you. So if that's the case, then, you know, you have two things to measure there. You have, you have to say to yourself, are you going to be patient? Are you going to let the guy make mistakes? And oh, by the way, you can say go out and get a really good offensive coordinator. Hot. That doesn't mean they'll come to the Raiders. And if they do come to the Raiders, they'll be gone pretty quickly. So you have to have con- you're going to have continuity issues. That's a good thing when you, when you have good assistant coaches is they're going to leave pretty quickly because they're so highly regarded and they're looking for that next step, right? So if that's the way it goes, and, and I'm seeing A.J. DeMello, our good friend, which A.J. got your call coming up later in the show, by the way, your voicemail. Uh, beating Casey still isn't enough to keep Pierce be smart. No, I, I'm not saying that, A.J. I'm asking the viewers and the listeners that question. I'm seeing people say it. But I will tell you this. I think to your point, and it's, it's made in your call later, we're going to have our mailbag segment today as well is that you now have a, a division. You have, a co- you have coaches in the division. You have Sean Payton, which is, he's done, no matter what you think of him, look what he's done in Denver. They were, they were terrible, right? Everybody thought they were a laughing stock. Look what they've done. Now, they lost big this week, I understand, to Detroit, but Detroit was due, and is, they're a better team, just clearly. So you have Sean Payton, you have Andy Reid, 
and then whoever the Chargers get in L.A. I don't know who that could be. I know a lot of you are saying, well, what if they get Harbaugh? What if they get Belichick? I don't think they will. The, the cheapest ownership in football with a roster that they have to turn over pretty significantly because of money, they're, they're $40 million over the cap. So I don't see the Chargers getting coached, but I understand the point. Let's say they did. Then suddenly you're looking at like three big-time name coaches, two of which have won Super Bowls, maybe a third depending who goes to L.A., and then you're going to have a guy learning on the job. So, so I get that perspective. On the other side of it, are the Raiders, is Mark Davis done with trying to go out and get the big name and he just wants to give the guy a shot? Again, I'm not advocating either. I have a preference, but the discussion should not be one of if Antonio Pierce, if you question whether he's the right guy, you're somehow hating on him or you're this or you're that. That shouldn't be it. And if you advocate for Pierce for whatever reason you have, that's fine. But again, there's upsides and downsides to both. You go get Frank Smith from Miami, former Raiders tight end coach, one of the hot commodities, even though he doesn't play call. He still has helped create that offense in Miami. You go get him. Are there risks? Of course. He's not been a head coach. Uh, he's been a coordinator. He's been around a lot more in the NFL than Antonio Pierce has. So you so you could weigh those back and forth. A Jim Harbaugh, that's a different conversation, right? Clearly no comparison. But I know as we've been saying on the show all along, which is you got to wait and see who wants the job. So no matter what Antonio Pierce does – it's going to set him up for a better chance or a worse chance of getting the job. I think that's what happens. And I don't think beating Kansas City is not enough. <laughs> you have to show consistency. This is what I said. Now, you could argue, well, if they beat the Chargers and they beat the Chiefs, they're showing a little bit of consistency. Yes, but you still got two more games after that. So, and then the worst thing that can happen for Antonio Pierce is the Chargers go into Kansas City on Christmas Day and get wiped out. That's not going to help at all. It would probably hurt his chances significantly. And I'm seeing Larry Fleming on our chat saying, hey, the question is subjective. I believe that the team will battle all the way to the end, and I'm confident they're going to give it their, th their best, the three games. Being competitive is number one, and that matters. Sure, it matters. But is that how you hire a coach, just because they fought for the guy? No. I mean, in the NFL, it's about, it's about winning. It's about winning. And I think that you can't, you can't make excuses one way or the other. You can't make excuses to say, well, but he inherited this and he, he knew that going in. That's the challenge. It's not a small challenge. It's a major challenge, not only because of what he inherited from Josh McDaniels, but also because of his lack of experience. But listen, I've always said since day one and will say until this is over, no matter which way it goes. I respect the hell out of Antonio Pierce. Good dude. And he stepped up and he, he's, he's transparent. He believes in responsibility and owning it. So when, when they don't do well, he owns it. He doesn't slough it off like Josh McDaniels used to do. He doesn't blame other people and come out there after a game you get wiped out and say, oh, but we did well in special teams. I mean, ridiculous, right? So I see, I see Paul Rader in there. What's my preference? I don't have a preference. I think the best person to, to get the job, and I don't know who that is. We have to see what Antonio Pierce does the way out. I'm skeptical, I'll put it that way, about Pierce, not because I don't like him. I'm skeptical because if you look at the, the uh, statistics, excuse me, of interim coaches, I don't care where they are, over the last, since 2000, so the last 20 years, 
interim coaches who took over and then were given the full-time job, their track record is horrible. It, this, it's never worked out except in the case of Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was interim coach, went on and, and took his team, the Cowboys, not deep enough clearly, but he went to the playoffs in three consecutive seasons after becoming the coach. And of course he was fired later. But in every other case, it's never worked out. And that includes with Raider coaches. So I'm just, I'm going on the data. Now, is there always an example of the data being wrong and somebody just breaks through and, and is an outlier? Absolutely. But if you're Mark Davis, do you want to rely on that? I'm just saying. So if you look at the numbers and I'm, get, I'm, I'm telling you, go look at the numbers on your own of interim head coaches who got the job full-time and, and how that ended. It's never ended well except for the Jason Garrett example. Now, they might have had limited success right after, but even getting into the playoffs the next season doesn't happen. So he's going against that. So it's not me. It's not my opinion or my preference. It's what the data tells us from previous examples. And a lot of that tends to be because guys who take over interim are given the role for a specific reason. It's not because they're the best head coaching candidate of people on the team, coaching, on the coaching staff, that is. So with all that coaching staff of the Raiders, you had other guys with more experience in the NFL, including Patrick Graham Barely, who could do that. Okay? So if that's the, it's not a small pool, Dupree, on, on interim coaches, by the way. Is that what you're saying? I, I can't tell if that's what you're saying. Uh, because... 20 years of interim coaches is not small that have gotten it, by the way. Go take a look at the data. Anyway, so you look at that and you say, okay, they passed him up. Why did they pass him up? Patrick Graham or Edgar Bett, any of those guys who have more coaching experience, no matter if it's position or coordinator or whatever. It's because he was the right guy at the right time. They needed to, to, to heal the fractured locker room that Josh McDaniels um, – that Josh McDaniels – inherited their Josh McDaniels ruined and 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 broke and he was the right guy to do it see that's the thing I think you look at interim coaches interim coaches are not always selected because they are the best person to audition for head coach now Antonio Pierce gets that chance but doesn't mean he was the best candidate it just means he was the right guy and I agree with the decision by Mark Davis he got those he was close to the players they trusted him implicitly and that's why you hear these guys talking about the fact, hey, Dupree, go look it up. You talk about the fact that, that they want to advocate for him as a full-time coach. Of course they do. He rescued them in essence. And it's important to hear from the guys on the team, the locker room, especially the leadership in that room. But they don't select the coach. You have to look past that. There's an emotional attachment there. It's different, especially when you come through a trauma, as they did. That's what happens. All right, we're going to take a quick break for the audio audience on video. We're coming right back as well. This is Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition. This is Scott Branson. We're coming back right after this. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, back to the discussion. Antonio Pierce, does he deserve the full-time job? I think that's an unknown at this point. we got to see out the rest of the season. And it has to be some, I think, semblance of logic here. Because, again, earlier somebody asked me if I had a preference. And I don't have a preference. Because I don't know who the pool is. I don't know who the candidate pool is. And so you have to look at the fact that we don't know who might want the Raiders job. We're hearing this national narrative about how good the Charger job will be, which is completely, in my view, crap. It's coming from real people I respect in the NFL on national TV, radio, everything, because they look at Justin Herbert and they say, well, you got your quarterback. But in that situation, you have 40 million over the cap, a roster where your key positions are all veterans that you have to cut because you can't afford them, and you have the worst owners in football. So that aside, I think the Raider job is pretty appealing because you're going to be able to come in and get your quarterback, and we'll talk about Aiden O'Connell in a second. Um, but I do think that Antonio Pierce has a chance. But again, I don't agree with the fact that if he beats the Chiefs, that's enough. You've got to finish the season strong and see what happens. Because it's all, again, all about consistency. Two games is not consistent. Three games, I would say, is consistent. If they consistently perform over these of three of the four games or all four of the games, okay, then, you, then he's got an opportunity. But there are other people. We don't know who they are. You have to evaluate Antonio Pierce against those people. Any business who hires people has to evaluate one applicant over the other. You can't just like one applicant and, and pick them because – you, they have a personality trait or whatever, or they did great work for you in the past, it, it all depends on where you're going and what your plan is. So the Raiders have to have a plan. Mark Davis, we, we would hope, has a plan for what he wants to do with the future. And I just think that we don't know enough yet. So we'll see. But as I mentioned, the pros and cons. Like everybody sees all right, the positives about Antonio Pierce, but some of it's inexperience. Some of it is the fact that he hasn't had major experience running a team. Now he's doing it now. So that's why this means so much, running up to the end to see what he does. Um, the, other, the other question I have, he's got great connections to coaches. We heard a lot this week about how he's doing calls with Tom Coughlin. We saw Herman Edwards, excuse me, Herman Edwards. <laughs> Not Herman Edwards. He worked for Herman Edwards. At, uh, at uh, Arizona State, Marvin Lewis, sorry, Marvin Lewis in the box during the, the Charger game. And those are like advisors to Antonio Pierce. So he's great. He's got senior advisors that are helping him. The question is, can he, if he gets the job full time, can he recruit coaches that will help elevate every other level of the coaching staff through his relationships? I'm sure he's got great relationships, but there's different degrees of that. Guys who have more experience and have been around in the NFL longer and have held higher positions, tend to have deeper relationships and can convince guys to come there. We also don't know the GM situation. I've, the one thing I have advocated for is I think Champ Kelly deserves the shot. He's right there. I think he's done a good job. Look what he did bringing in Jack Jones. 
So with what little he could do the rest of the way, I think he's done a pretty good job so far. But again, I don't know the applicants. So we'll have to see on that one too. But as of right now, I think Champ Kelly gives you your best opportunity. Uh, but you, you can earn the job, yes. At the same time, though, it's different when you start thinking about keeping things together and finishing out a year and then committing to somebody long-term to be the coach you want to build around. We've seen in Houston, for those of you who say, well, I don't want Pierce because he's, he's a defensive coach and it's, you know, the offense in the league is going crazy. We need an offensive-minded coach. Look at DeMarco Ryans in Houston, doing a great job. Coach of the year in a lot of people's eyes. It's hard to argue. They just won with a backup quarterback and a roster that, frankly, isn't that good, but they're staying in the thick of the playoff race in the AFC South. So you see that, and you're like, okay, all right. So you don't necessarily have to have him. A lot of you talking about Dan Quinn. He would be a good candidate for Las Vegas. Yes, I mean, look, he got the, the Falcons to they were in the Super Bowl. And, and he's, he's brought in, I mean, Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator in Atlanta. So clearly he's gotten uh, other coaches that are innovative to the next level. So even though he's a defensive coach, I understand that. So I think you're going to see that with amongst fans. If it's not Pierce, you're going to see fans go back and forth, offensive coach, defensive coach. And really, you got to look at the connections and what they've done. At least with Dan Quinn, you know what he's done in the past. And I think that you look at that, and, and Dupree, I think you look at Marvin Lewis and Tom Coughlin, you say building our identity. I don't think you can build identity from outside. I totally disagree with you. They're helping Antonio Pierce, but I look at Tom Coughlin's record, great record, but an old school coach doesn't work. That, that's, I'm not talking about the X's and O's, but the style of running the team is what you're seeing with Belichick in New England right now. It doesn't work anymore. Marvin Lewis, good coach, stabilized the Bengals. Did he really win there? No, didn't really take them to the next level, but he did set it up for Zach Taylor, who's now done that. So, so. Good, good guys. And I'm, you know, to have those as mentors, fantastic, especially from a leadership. I'm not even talking X's and O's. I'm just talking from a leadership a, a mentality perspective. Uh, you got to give it to Antonio Pierce for that. But that said, uh, again, I think that, I think that you have, you're going to be in this position of how you're going to decide how you move forward. And it's hard because Mark Davis admitted it in the interview he did last week that he's not always made the best decisions, especially when it comes to coaching. And then the last several years his father was alive. He didn't either. Need I say more, Lane Kiffin, right? So all these things that have happened. But I don't, I just, my issue is just with people who want to give a guy a job before it's over, before it's done, and before you know who else wants it. And I get the idea of inside somebody who understands the culture, who understands the team, understands the fan base. But I don't think that's enough. I think you have to wait and see. But either way, he has the great opportunity to do it. Um, and so I, I never remain, I know, I don't, I don't close my mind off to any possibility. I'll put it that way. I think some of you do. AJ, I see you in there too. Uh, but I do think though, it, 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 you, you're going, especially the thing to consider, and you brought it up, AJ, actually, in your chat, which is they have to go get a franchise quarterback. So you got to make sure you have the person, the staff, of course, the GM, to select the right guy to give you the best chance. Not everybody's going to work out. You just draft quarterbacks till you get the right one. That's how I would do it. 
So you look at you look at Aiden O'Connell, good game against the Chargers, technically sound everything. He, in my view, again, and I had somebody come on the the, the channel here and tell me, oh, what, what changed your mind on O'Connell? Now you say he's good, and before you were saying, I never said O'Connell was bad. In fact, I've actually been very very positive from the beginning with him. But you have to see his limitations. We're talking about limitations with Pierce as a coach. O'Connell has those limitations too. He's not a overly dynamic. He's not a dynamic quarterback. He's a good quarterback. When he has the time in the pocket like he did against the Chargers, he's, he can win you games. There's no question that Aiden O'Connell is going to be a pro quarterback, is a pro quarterback. I just don't think he's the guy you're going to put your franchise's hand, or excuse me, you're going to put your franchise's fortunes into for the next 10 years. He's not that guy. He's just not that guy. Now, if he develops into that guy somehow, great. But is that what you're going to take a chance on? You want to wait three or four years to see if that comes true? No, you can't, especially in the division. So the Raiders need to pick a coach and a GM that are going to, that you can trust, will evaluate and make the best possible choice. Nothing's guaranteed. Best possible choice on your franchise quarterback. And you got to go get that quarterback in the first round this year. It's a deep, deep quarterback draft. So you don't have to be in the top five, by the way. I'm been arguing with some of you over that. Don't have to be. Patrick Mahomes went at 10. The Chiefs traded up from 27 to 10 to get him. So they did trade up, but he was number 10. So there's going to be plenty of quarterbacks available in the first round the Raiders can go up. Yes, the higher you go, the more selective you can be. But I do think that the Raiders have to make a bet on somebody. They have to. Doesn't mean it'll work out, by the way. They could get a first round, go get a quarterback, and he doesn't work out. Happens all the time. You've seen it. Look at New York, the Jets. Look at New England. Same thing. But you got to go. That's why it's so important, the selection of the GM, the selection of the coach. What system are they going to run? What offense are they going to run? That's why, for me, I lean towards selecting a, 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 an offensive-minded coach. Because I think if, if that someone is good, they could convince Patrick Graham to stay. Now, Patrick Graham will probably stay if Antonio Pierce stays. I'm guessing. I don't know that. You don't know that. But I do think you have to get a quarterback in the first draft. You need somebody who knows what they're doing to select that. And then somebody who can develop a young quarterback. Actually, excuse me. Let me take that back. Develop two young quarterbacks. Because Aiden O'Connell will still be there. So no matter what his role is. So you do that. You got to bring in two, and then I would go sign a veteran. So you have three quarterbacks in competition, and you open it up. Say go, rookie O'Connell and veteran. Go, whoever wins it wins it. So that's what I think they should do. That's why the coaching situation is so important, is because you need the best guy who's going to teach, nurture, and bring along that young quarterback or young quarterbacks. And be able to field an offense that's going to be able to score points and keep you alive in the AFC. It's tough. The AFC's tough. I mean, you see it. We're the only team that's clinched a spot in the AFC right now is Baltimore last last night with their win over Jacksonville. It, it's crazy. It's a bloodbath, as I call it. So you're going to have to find a way to do that. Yes, you got to have a good defense. I'm not arguing that. Yes, you got to have good offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Absolutely. But you got to get the quarterback, plain and simple. And you can't convince me otherwise. So there it is. All right, we're going to take our final break. 
for our audio audio audience, excuse me, if I could spit it out. And for the video's crew, just stay right there. We're coming right back. When we come back, we're going to get to some of our mail and voicemail. So you might hear yourself a little bit coming up. We haven't done that in a while. By the way, again, Mo's off today. He will be back later in the week. A little vacation for him during the middle of the season or towards the end of the season here. So he'll be back again. Don't forget, please subscribe to the show audio-wise, wherever you get your audio podcasts. And then on YouTube, hit the subscription and the notifications bell. We're coming back right after this. It's Scott. This is Silver and Black Today. All right, here we are. We're back now. Home stretch here on Silver and Black today. And we're getting ready to hear from you a little bit. Uh, that's right. We're going to get into our mailbag segment uh, that we like to do. We sometimes do a full show. The season's been crazy. The schedule's been kind of nuts. But we want to get to that uh, as we do all the time and get your uh, opinions on that. Great chat going on in the YouTube channel, by the way, uh, as we brought up the quarterback talking about Jaden Daniels. Yes, uh, I understand. I think he's going to probably go second or third, depending. We'll see how it goes and see how people move up in the draft and and we'll see how, how they're able to do. Uh, and a Central Cal Grizzly Raider, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a veteran. Are you thinking he's not going to be on the roster next year? He will not be on the roster next year. He's done. He's done. They need another veteran um, and he'll be gone after June 1st and he will uh, eat a little bit of, 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 of the salary cap, but not too much. So that'll be good, uh, but we'll see how that all works out. But yeah, they need another veteran, a veteran who they wouldn't be adverse to playing. So um, we'll, we'll see how that runs out. But anyway, we're going to get into your mail now, which includes both voicemail and, oh, by the way, hello to our audience on Instagram. Yeah, we're, we are streaming to Instagram as well. Having an issue with the chat in there, so I can't recognize you guys because uh, the chat's all wanky today. But... I see you there. Thanks for being with us, especially our viewer from Germany. Appreciate you being with us. Okay, so we're going to get to this. The first one is our good buddy Tariq in Chicago. Tariq called on Friday after the game. So here is Tariq from Chicago talking about the Raiders, where they're at, and, of course, the big win on Thursday. They did Patrick Graham a few weeks ago, so that seemed to paid off, have paid off some dividends. Uh, everybody got involved. You saw just a juggernaut and, uh, just, my goodness, that's kind of what all Raider fans envisioned when we, uh, when we have the offensive pieces that we do have. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens these final three games going into Arrowhead on Christmas Day. Uh, nice little rest, uh, to get ready for that one. Uh, one thing I think that is really encouraging is that Antonio Pierce, clearly has a tremendous impact on the players uh, to rally them on a short week uh, to have this type of a performance, even though they went up against Stick. Um, I mean, we, we made Tyler Bajant look like an all-pro. So uh, to have that performance in all three phases, it was complete domination from beginning to end. I do love the fact that Antonio Pierce made no apologies for continuing to run up the score. Uh, I believe they scored 63 points with early in the fourth quarter. So, I would have loved to have dropped an 80-burger on the Chargers. But let me know what you guys think. Um, nice win. Uh, let's, let's enjoy it this week. Uh, looking forward to your guys' show this week. Have a great rest of your day. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. All right. There's Tarek in Chicago. Tarek, thanks for your call. Good points there. And as I mentioned earlier, the consistency, right? You, you, you see what the Raiders were able to do. And, yes, I understand it was against the Chargers. Okay? I get it. But. They still had to execute, man, and they, they did. I mean, to see the offense do what they were able to do, to me, was, was a big deal. And so you're like, oh, where's that been? Well, 
Sometimes that's the way it goes. I mean, the coaching situation obviously ironed out. But sometimes I think that coaching staffs, and I think this is the, the situation with Bo Hardegree. Again, he's got no, he's got no experience doing play calling, right? So you got to consider that number one. Number two, you kind of go with what you're doing, and you think, well, we just got to do it better. We're not. I mean, you remember after the the, the, the first two losses with Pierce after the two wins, it was kind of like we just got to stick to it. We're not executing. Well, sometimes it's not just not executing. Maybe it's not a good plan. So whatever they did in between the Vikings game and 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 the Chargers game is they kind of I think they threw out I said it right the show before the game I said you just gotta throw it out like as much as you can you can't get rid of the whole playbook it's too late for that but well you can say you know no 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 this plan we usually go with forget it let's just white sheet it let's come out and do something different and that's what they did they did having him upstairs having him be more aggressive that was all something different than they had done in the past. So so we appreciate it. And um, sorry if you guys had some sound issues. I know we've been having some some issues there, so I apologize. I think it looks like it's all wrinkled out now. So thank you for those people who sent messages on that. Uh, we have them sometimes with everything being remote these days, but n- but nothing else. Uh, Dupree, thanks for stopping by, man. We appreciate it. So Tariq in Chicago, uh, Tarek, excuse me. That's how you pronounce it, Tarek. I got it. Thanks for doing that as well. Uh, now I'll get to a, an email that came in as well. Got a lot of those over the last couple of weeks. And sorry, some of you guys left stuff and we didn't get to it and it's old now, but some of them, like AJ DeMello, his call's coming up next. It was from last week, but it all still applies. So we're going to get to that in a second. Here's one from Charlie in St. Charles, Missouri. He says, Hey, Scott and Mo, I'm confused on how you say you don't think Aiden O'Connell can be the franchise quarterback. He's only played in six games and he just helped the Raiders put up 63 on the Chargers. I think it's too soon to pass judgment on him. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Again, that's Charlie in St. Charles, Missouri. So, Charlie, thanks for listening to us out there in the Show Me State. Appreciate that. Uh, Again, it goes back to what I say about being a dynamic quarterback. That does not mean he can't be a quarterback in the NFL, nor should he be. What that means, though, is he's limited in his scope because he doesn't create. Now, I know they didn't do well on Sunday, but even the story with Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito of the Giants, if you're familiar with that. Tommy DeVito's had some success. He finally lost a game. But the reason is he's able to create with his legs. I'm not talking about running as a quarterback. That's a last resort. But you need to be able to be mobile, as Mo calls it, functional mobility. You need to move around and be dynamic. When the pocket does break down, then you have to get out, and then you have to do something downfield. You also saw it with Jake Browning for the Bengals on Sunday. The pass they threw in overtime to to Tyler Boyd to set up the game-winning field goal was because the pocket collapsed. He was sacked five times in that game. Pocket collapsed. Browning rolls out and is able to hit on the run. That's not what O'Connell does. O'Connell's a good pocket passer. So if you if you give him time, like you saw against the Chargers, he's gonna he's gonna be fine. He's accurate, finds his receivers, can read the defense. Good. But he's not going to be that dynamic quarterback, in my view, you need in the NFL today. Just the way it is. Now, to come in as a backup, somebody gets hurt, yeah, you're going to know what your limitations are. If you have a really good offensive line, then you're not going to fall off that much. So that's why I say, Charlie, and I know Mo agrees, that that's why we don't believe he is the quarterback moving forward. He's one of them, and uh, a good one, I believe. I think they got, for a fourth-round pick, I mean, what the heck? To have a guy that can be there for you and can win games for you if your quarterback, your future quarterback goes down, great. Nothing wrong with that. So 
So there you go. So that's my answer on that one. I, I, I think some of you agree in there. Some of you might not agree. Um, and yes, consistency. He has to show consistency. Had not, I wouldn't say he had a terrible game against the Vikings, but it wasn't great. It wasn't very good. And then against the, against the Chargers, he looked great. But then also the Chargers' defense seemed to quit about halfway through that first half. So, so anyway, but, but still, you can't take anything away from him. He did very, very well. I, I suggest watching the quarterback school breakdowns. Uh, and, and he goes through all of it and, and gets technical about it. So looks, looks pretty good. All right. So thank you, Charlie, for your email. Now back to the voicemail. Here's AJ DeMello, our resident stand-up comic. AJ, I know you're listening. Here we go. Hey, guys. This is AJ in Sacramento. Uh, so we're at that point again uh, where, uh, you know, it's all lost. And <laughs> just... I know you guys have to acknowledge these fans. <laughs> That's why I got off Twitter. Uh, that uh, say, you know, oh, it's not the coach's phone. Uh, we, we don't really need to draft a quarterback that high. You know, uh, yeah, uh-huh. That, what has that done for this franchise, you know? And also, whoever becomes the next head coach, make sure that they get the question right and you say, what do you think about coaching a rookie quarterback? And if they say I don't know how to think about it. Or if they say, I don't know, it depends on how I wake up that morning. They say, well, don't let the door hit you. Or let's let the door hit you on the way out, you <laughs> schmuck. You know, like we need somebody in here that's an offensive mind that also, like, is not afraid to change things up. I don't know how conservative you consider Jim Harbaugh, but with Andy Reid and Sean Payton on division, he's going to be a number one. And then Frank Smith. He's already been a Raider. He helped Michael Mayer develop. You need someone with some pizzazz, with some juice, you know? Enough with this conservative stuff. Aiden O'Connell ain't the guy. Antonio Pierce ain't the guy. I wish you guys didn't have to acknowledge these fans because, you know, they, they should get themselves off of Twitter and, uh, I don't know, maybe see some counsel, okay? <laughs> That's why I got off the Twitter. But anyways, we need help. We need to lose out, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get uh, Jacoby Myers the ball so that way he can help me win my fantasy playoff this week. <laughs> That's the most important thing at this point. Anyways, go Raiders, but please lose, and for the love of God, draft a quarterback, or we will take pitchforks to the damn Las Vegas practice field until they do. Because we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback now. Well, there you go. AJ, who I know was in the chat earlier. I don't know if he's still there, uh, but that was from last week. So that was pre-Chargers win. But but I, from his comments I saw earlier, I know he hasn't changed his mind there, too. And I get it. Look, I think I think the quarterback is. I, for people who say it's not, then I I disagree with them. I mean, it's it's not it's not even close. I think you look at what the NFL is doing right now and, and the fact that you have to have a top-notch quarterback. You do. And I think you have to have a dynamic quarterback. Again, not a running quarterback. If you watched Lamar Jackson on Monday night, or excuse me, Sunday night, you'll see a guy who's no longer running like he used to. He runs if he has to, but he stays in the pocket. And then if he has to go out of the pocket, he can still create because he is mobile. That's what you need. That's why he's not been as injured. He still gets injured too much probably. But um, that is a good call. So thank you again, AJ for that as well. All right, on to the next email. This one says, Mo and Scott, I like Antonio Pierce and consider him a real one. At the same time, 
are we prepared to go with someone who doesn't even have experience as a coordinator in the NFL? This audition he has, these final nine games, as you can tell, uh, is great. But outside of the pressure to show he wants the job, it's pretty much a caretaker role. There are risks with any coaching hire. Are his upsides greater than his possible downsides? That says, thanks, Manuel, from Whittier, California. Manuel, in Whittier, thanks, man. We appreciate that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting question, and that's sort of what I talked about earlier in the show was the idea that everybody's got positives and negatives, right? But do they outweigh one or the other? And are you willing to, because he did a good job in a tough situation, how do you earn it? Does, does he have to have a winning record? Does he show something clicks? Now, the offense clicked against the, the Chargers, but it hadn't before that. It got worse under Antonio Pierce. They went down by a point per game until the Charger game. So now, the rest of the way, the final three games of the season, if the offense is going nuts again, then you, you got to give him and Bo Hart a good credit. But are the upsides greater than the downsides? I don't know if that's the right question for me. As I said earlier, I think that it is the idea that can they consistently win with him? And that's what you have to see over the last three games. I mean, if they win out four in a row against some good teams, including Kansas City on Christmas, that's pretty good. But if you, if you like Antonio Pierce, then great. But again, I can't make a decision. I, I, I can't lean either way unless I know who the other candidates are. If it's him and some three guys I've never heard of because they're from other teams and they're not really well-respected, okay, well, then then I might say, well, yeah, it's a pretty easy choice. But we'll have to see how it ends up. So I think that you, you, you have to wait and see what happens with the pool. So, all right, Manuel, thanks so much for you. Our final email comes to us from Henderson, Nevada, right where the Raiders practice facility is their their headquarters it says hey guys as much as i love josh jacobs with what we need to do on both the offensive line and defensive line and to bolster the defense overall we gotta let him walk i will miss the guy my favorite player but am i wrong thanks and have a great christmas that's frank in henderson nevada frank thank you so much for your email we appreciate you getting to us um I can't argue with Frank. I, I don't think Josh Jacobs will be back. I know I, I bet a, a steak dinner with 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 Phil over on the Unfiltered Truth about it. He's guaranteeing it. I, I, I don't see it. I mean, I just don't see how you're going to devote that money when you need to, A, go get a quarterback. You need offensive linemen. Offensive line has been very good this year, by the way, towards the end of the season, even being injured having two starters out and they played pretty good. I'm not saying that doesn't mean you don't improve it, which is why I'm saying you got to spend money there. Defensive line, same thing. Even though the defense has come along, you need, you need that big stud defensive tackle, man. Whether it's in the draft, free agency, whatever you got to do. And then I think you need another end because I think Tyree Wilson has shown he's better as a hybrid inside and outside. So he can play a little bit inside, play a little bit outside when he needs to. So I think that's what you need to do there. So I don't see Josh Jacobs coming back. I think they need to draft a running back this year. Look at the free agent class. Zamir White looked good against the Chargers, but that's the first time I thought he's looked good. But also, he's not had opportunities. So I think that's what they got to learn over the last few weeks. If I'm Champ Kelly, whether I'm going to be the permanent GM or not, 
whoever comes in and is GM, you need to make you get to have some tape of the guys behind Josh Jacobs getting some significant carries to see what you have there. That's my my view on that one. So it's it's pretty straightforward uh, as far as I'm concerned with that. So uh, thanks again, man. We appreciate your your email, Frank, for coming in and uh, asking the question. And to everybody in the chat, thanks going on. I, I hear you're talking about. Uh, I see you're talking about uh, quarterbacks, coaches, explosive quarterback. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I love the chat because you guys agree with each other a lot. You also disagree with each other a lot, but it's always respectful. And I can appreciate that. Even opinions I don't agree with, um, I'll poke back at them, but but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because until you are, you're not. <laughs> so it's all good. So uh, I see a lot of people in there like Space Beast were hiring AP. How do you know that? You don't know that. You don't know the other candidates. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to want to hire somebody before the job is e- the auditions even done. It hasn't been that good that you would say, oh, my God, this is incredible. He's he's five and oh, no, it's not. So I, I don't think that you that I see some of the people talking about there. Oh, watch Belichick go to L.A. He's not going to L.A. Do you think the Spanos goofs down there are going to spend twenty five million dollars a year? They can't. They can't. They don't have the money. They don't have the money. So all the talk, Belichick, L.A., quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. You can, you can bank on that. Come back and tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong, because I won't be. Simple. They have not been, they have not, the last veteran coach they hired was Norv Turner. Okay? Because he was on the cheaper end. So they're, they, they've hired all young coaches because they're cheaper. And that's what I expect them to do. But anyway, all right, well, that's going to close out the show. Thanks for everybody who joined us live on YouTube. For those of you listening on the Odyssey podcast feed, thanks for being with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black today and do us a favor. Put on the auto download. If you would, we would appreciate that. Also, for our YouTube audience, thank you for the likes. Thank you also for subscribing and turning on notifications. That way, every time we have a new video or we go live, you will be the first to know. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Good, good chat in there. Uh, since I am solo, not a lot of time to go in and answer you guys directly, but I hopefully you had some of those questions as well. If you want to call us, call us and leave us a voicemail for the show. We'll play the voicemail on the show. The number, are you ready for this? 702-900, so 702-900-7869. That's 702 900 Seven eight six nine. That is the silver and black today uh, uh, voicemail line. So call us there. Leave your comment, your question. We'll get to some more. I think uh, for Thursday's show when Mo rejoins me. So we appreciate that and always, always get your messages. And sometimes it takes us a little bit to get to them, but this week we're on top of it. So if you leave one this week, it'll be there for you. So um, you got to uh, enjoy that and and please let us know what you think. And tell us your opinions. Try to keep it as short as possible. I'm not saying 10 seconds, but try not to make it two minutes. If you can keep it about 45 seconds to one minute, key area. Say what you got to say. Get it out. Bam. And we got it on there. All right. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Mo Moten, who'll be back on Thursday, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We appreciate you guys being with you. Take care now.